Welcome to Vepra Podcast, a place where we share stories of established and rising figures in the Albanian American community. We sit down and have in-depth and authentic conversations with notable trailblazers, artists, designers, entrepreneurs, and so many more. Get to know more about how they got started, what inspired them to pursue their passion, challenges they faced, and how they influenced the next generation. We hope to give you insight on the genuine lives of these Albanian American figures. This is Vepra Shaptar, Albanian Axe. For our very first episode, we sit down with the one and only Katarina Bochi. She is an award-winning and acclaimed couture evening and wedding dress designer. She designed dresses for various celebrities and stars like Aretha Franklin, Fergie, and Jordan Sparks. But her passion is designing beautiful custom wedding dresses for her brides right here in Michigan, her very own fashion store. We get in-depth insight how Katarina made it from Albania to America and how she still continues to expand and create these beautiful custom dresses for so many people all around the world. Not only is she so talented and has such a unique style, she is also a leader among so many people, an inspiration for young women all around the world to pursue their dreams. She is the OG boss lady and we are so honored to have her share her story with you. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. This episode is dedicated to Katerina Bocci. Here we are at her fashion studio to discover her personality, her story, to get to know a little bit more about the extraordinary woman behind these individually designed, crafted wedding dresses. Katerina, you're currently featured on the cover of our The Biggest Magazine in Michigan, and you just got back from New York Bridal Couture Fashion Week. Could you tell us a little bit about how uh, your feeling and how you're able to do it all. Well, as we have this, a saying that says, it takes a village to raise a baby, right? And the same for my business. It takes a village to create the business. So I'm not by myself. To grow, you have to delegate. And when you delegate, not only that you create something for yourself, but you create something for other people as well. And you give opportunities to other people. And this is another thing that we have to consider is giving opportunities as well. By having my daughters by my right side all the time, and now Leila, she's my manager of the business, and then I have amazing women that work in the back that are my um, seamstresses, and I have an amazing publicist. So there is a group of people that has helped me help each other too to create all of this. So I didn't do it by myself. Again, Pashkimi Bonfuchin, as we say, ship. Um, that's the success of success. Detroit cover magazine was a great achievement, absolutely, but I love our Detroit because it's not the first time that they have featured us. It's not the first time they have supported us. They strongly believe in Michigan product. They strongly believe in ethnicities. They strongly believe in small-owned businesses by women. So I love our Detroit magazine for that. So I thank them for doing the great um, featuring on us, which was all editorial, not even... A penny spent for that because sometimes you know people might think oh she spent money and it is not true so it's just literally uh, editorial i'm just lucky to have a great group of women around me supporting me to achieve it all you arrived in the u.s in 2001 was there a different uh, sense of business then how is the albanian community different 
different compared to now? Definitely has changed. I do see the younger generation has become uh, more open. It's very westernized, which I love. It is more educated because remember it's almost two decades almost we're in the second decade now in my business and i see that the younger generation has gone more to schools has established themselves in way different positions of work work in uh, their culture of um, a mentality of their culture has changed they, they have both of both uh, the best of both worlds they have taken that albanian tradition which is very beautiful and they have incorporated with a western american tradition which has made them uh, more open-minded, more educated, more um, open to try new things and more eager to work with each other and help each other. And then I've seen that even more now, like my young, my new bride, it's more that educated bride that wants this. Um, it's a little bit way, way more different than 12 years ago or 15 years ago. They forget that we come, even though we come from a 50-year um, communism country, or even if our people come from Kosovo, or even they come from Montenegro, we still have gone to school, we still have studied so much. Even in communism, we had to survive. Remember that. And we studied even more. I come from a communist country, but I spoke two foreign languages, even that I was drawn during communism, because I always had that, um, appetite to learn more, to know more what's out there, what's the Western world like, what's the cap capitalism like. I always wanted to have, even that I'm not a Marxist, I still remember a Marx, Marxist you know, expression that said, a foreign language is a weapon in the struggle for life. I learned that, I'm like, wow. A communist person said it, but you know what, maybe I'll take that word and turn it into something good for, for me. So I started English. I studied Italian. I learned all the languages so well, writing and grammar and everything. And that helped me throughout the process into coming into a capitalist country, right? Which I love very much. I am a very uh, westernized woman and I, I believe strongly in capitalism. I think we have known, th we have known through um, times that in very, very hardships and hard times, we are always the first ones to jump in and to help and to, you know, support and give and we're very generous and we all do that, right? But what I think is very, very important is how about everyday lives? Every single day of our, you know, passing by, it's like, what do we do to support our, ourselves? What do we do to support each other? What do we do to support a woman that's starting a new business? It's, it's not just about the hardships, because we know that the whole world, we have shown ourselves throughout history, throughout wars, throughout all that Albanians open doors, we give, even if we don't have, we share. But the question is every day. A young generation, a young girl, she opens a little business or a young boy opens a little restaurant, a dream is started. Why are we the first ones? Oh, is he going to make it? Oh, is she going to make it? Let's see what time is going to bring up. We want, oh, how about I go and try the service? Oh, how about I go and buy that little hamburger that he just started the little restaurant? Or how about I go and try her new makeup? Why don't we give that chance? And I think that we lack a little bit in that kind of support. Mm -hmm. Simple like that. So we are rather, we sometimes we, we feel like we trust more the other person than my own. Why? Mm. I always have questioned that. Well, my experience in businesses and people are always maybe like, oh, you're so expensive, or oh, she's so expensive, or oh, she doesn't know, oh, how does she know, or what did she learn? And then another thing is, I don't know if it has to do with the um, education about my line of business, but we are different than bridal shops. We're different than a um, store that has a mass production product. We do not import from China. We do not create a Chinese product. We do not sell a Chinese product. So we import more European. We create American. So that is a total different line of um, 
workmanship that has a different line of costs, has a different um, character into creating, into making, into fitting that we are not as every store. So sometimes I feel like our clients compare us to every other store out there, but maybe it has to do a lot with the ignorance of the process. I don't know what it is. I don't want to call people ignorance because it doesn't sound right. I just want to say the ignorance of knowing that kind of business. So maybe that's another factor. I don't know. Okay. The time I had the question, oh, she's a seamstress. And it's like, I'm not a seamstress. So don't put me in that position. Oh, they didn't understand. Oh, I don't want to make a dress by a seamstress. They didn't help. Where now my, my new customer is like, oh, I'm going to the designer to design my dress. So it's more open-minded, more education. And that is a factor not just about Albanian community. That is a factor that America has come to that understanding of that uh, mom and pop shops where we, um, even though we live in the Amazon days, it's still, you have a new customer that wants that personalized business, personalized um, experience, because they strongly believe that that is better. It's like, like the food that mom makes at home, right? When she creates the food, she puts a heart and love to it because she's feeding, she's giving birth to that beautiful plate that she's creating or dish that she's creating. And she wants the family to taste it. And she's like, how was it? We always have it from our moms, like, Hesika dal jela, Hesika dal buka, you know? I feel the same way with our dresses because we're giving birth and we're creating. It's like, how do you like my dress? It's a different excitement than, oh, I'm buying the, the food or the bread from the market. And we know we're does with a great job with it, but it's not mom's handmade yeah. food. The same with our wedding dresses. I cannot say that I did not have support 100%. I, I always, or maybe I did support back. I don't know how to say because in every fashion show that I did, I tried to involve as many as Albanian girls that I could. In every, every event that I had, I tried to have as many as I could, hairdressers, makeup artists, people that had to do with me, you know, with my uh, line of uh, business. Or I tried to uh, you, you work with Albanian photographers. I always worked with Fadil Barish. I was one of my, I was his supporter. He was one, one of my best supporters. So I always, I have a very good friend of mine, which is another fashion designer, Albanian in Miami. We're very best friends. We talk together, she designs a beautiful line of women. So I've always found support in her, she's found support in me, but we always discussed, like, we do not see a lot of Albanian buyers. Mm. Our major business is more focused in other nationalities, in American client, but a very small percentage of Albanian customer. And the reason behind that, I don't know what exactly is, but sometimes we, how to say, we, 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 base our opinions sometimes in a word of mouth rather than personal. I always say, have an expression that says, I will never judge somebody with somebody, somebody else's opinions. Mm. So if I really want to know a person, I need to have my experience with that person to know who the person is, who the business is, what kind of business they create. So a lot of these kind of um, mentalities and thoughts to support our um, our groups, our businesses, our young generation that starts, you know, studying so hard and becomes a doctor and becomes a dentist and, you know, why not give the chance to each other mm -hmm. to grow more together? I mean, you are strong, you think, when you are one and prepared, but wait to see how much stronger we'll be if we're all in one united. So how did you start? Where did it start? Well, I first started literally in the 
one my bedroom, one bedroom apartment when I first came. And um, I started making custom dresses during the day. I would close, you know, the beds, open a machine and start sewing. And then at night I close the machine and go back and make it a bedroom, right? And started very, very hardship with hardships because it was not easy. My first, I came with $500 in America and with $500 I spent it in a uh, um, joint fabric. Literally, I bought a good, good press and I bought a um, sewing machine. I was so impressed when I went the first time to Somerset, right? The first week I arrived in America, I'm like, oh my God, beautiful, but I can make all of these. It's like, <laughs> I loved it, but I wasn't, I, I found the display of it, mm -hmm. but I wasn't super in impressed because it's like, I can create all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that gave me a more like boost to my ego, like, oh, I can create that. Like, what's wrong? Like, I went to school for that. So I'm educated in this field. It was just like, how do I reach the customer? So at that time, I do have to, to, to mention the support of a couple very good Albanian friends of mine. Like now, she's one of my very good friends. Lyria Vuka, she was a singer at that time. Just arrived in America. I met with her. She was a newcomer. I was a newcomer. She was getting married. We met each other like out of nowhere. She had a small budget. I was just a beginner. So we got together and she was my first bride to design the wedding dress in America. And how amazing was that, right? Amazing. We supported and we trusted each other just because we we're both like so, we were open minded to create mm -hmm. something and we made it happen. And she looked amazing and beautiful. And her dress was trendy and she was such a beautiful trend bride and gorgeous body. And yeah. You know, this is how it started. Or Tika Tsamai, which Iveza, mm -hmm. oh, right? At the time, she was one of my first clients. But Tika was, she started the first runways with me. Oh my or Aphrodita Dresha, her first yeah. runway show ever was at, at um, uh, what is called Sherry Creek. First yeah. fashion show ever. She did. She did. <laughs> like being nervous, like walk this way, walk this So we had some great, you know, group of people that we started yeah. together. But then we start growing everybody in their own world yeah. and you kind of like life puts you apart. But Making, still when, when, did you, when did yeah. you open your first studio? So it started from the bedroom, right? So it started from so the bedroom from, of my apartment. Then within three then? years, okay. within three years in the apartments, I did buy a beautiful brand new house. I worked very hard. I was a savior, which comes from our, my our origins, right? I never, I never went to buy luxury things at that time because my goal was, I was a businesswoman too. You gotta remember that. So I would work and save and work and save. And people would come to a point like, oh, she doesn't know what life is. She knows just working and saving, but I had a goal. And I, I keep going. I didn't mind what, what people are saying around me, right? We're living in apartments with many Albanians around that time. It's like, oh, she doesn't know what charge the time. Can they charge the time? It's fine. I was working, was working in a bridal salon for, you know, 50, 60 hours. I would come home and still work at nighttime. All I did was work for three years. Bought a beautiful house. Opened the basement of my house. It was 2,500 square feet basement. Turned it in a little mini factory with four or five sewing machines commercials, start hiring a couple of Albanian women. They know how to sew a little bit, but not that good. So I'm like, because I can train. Like I train in Albania 300 students a year. I had a private school with the Catholic Church in Caritas, in Lege and then in Lushnie. So I was their director of the school. So I've done a lot of big projects back home. So I'm very, very prepared when it comes to organizing women. I always loved empowering women. And um, so returned the basement into uh, little mini factory and I had a goal that I wanted to do New York Fashion Week. Mm. That was my goal. So in 2007, after I worked very hard, just six years after, six right? years after mm -hmm. in America, I saved 
so much money. As I said, I was a saver. So I bought the building and also saved the money to do Fashion Week in Europe. So I, I contacted Benz Mercedes Fashion Week and had a meeting with them over the phone. And they said that to do the fashion show was over $150,000 to start. And it was a lot of money for me to do better. Just to have a small slot. Just to have how many? Just to do your hour two. No, it's fifteen minutes. So then I did some more research in New York during the time that I wanted to do a show so bad. And I found Couture Fashion Week in New York, which they organize a beautiful show every year, which was more my thing because I didn't want to do ready to wear or I just wanted my evening wear collection to be shown. So I contacted them, and. they said, well, we'll do, but you'll have to share the runway with other designers. And it's an international event and we bring designers that represent kind of every country, which was an amazing thing because, well, guess what? I was the first Albanian fashion designer in the history of fashion of Albania to do Fashion Week what? in New York. So I made a print without even Deep knowing, works. right? And God works sometimes by my side, not sometimes, all the time by my side. Okay. So I agreed to do the fashion show and it was about $30,000 cost just the runway without calculating, I brought my models and that's where I had support, I had Tika Iveza with me, I had um, uh, Tika Tsamai now, Lyra Dedvukai came to the show, Mariana Tsamai, a bunch of amazing Albanian girls that came to do the fashion show for Mm -hmm. me. So when I did the fashion show, the the most amazing thing that happened to, to me was I was behind stage where my two children, Christina and Leila, were my assistants, right? So Christina's organizing and helping, and she's doing uh, steaming dresses and putting things together. And we had this amazing um, Italian company that did hair and makeup for us, which is Federico Calci in Manhattan, one of the best hair salons in Manhattan to do my fashion show. It was like, <laughs> um, imagine, like coming yeah. from a bedroom apartment, right? So anyhow, I'm preparing all the girls backstage and one of the assistants of the show comes to me and she said, there is this girl that wants to come and see you and she said that she's your friend. I had not invited anybody. Every invitation had gone through the organizers of the show because we were not allowed as designers. The organizers of the show did everything. I said, I didn't have any friends in New York. She said, yeah, yeah, she said she's your best friend from Albania. What's her name? Valbona Neritani. I'm like, I couldn't put two and two together because I was very emotional. I was very stressed. So much going, literally 10 minutes before the show started. Mm-hmm. I told them, let her come in. She comes inside. I look at her. I'm not recognizing the face at all. She said, Rina. They used to call me Rina back home. Rina, I am Bona. <laughs> Bona. Bona Jadinevzate. Nevzate is her, my, my professor of my English. And we're like best friends. I mean, growing up, I'm like, oh, and I had lost 23 years without knowing where Bona is or where it was, right? <laughs> I said, why don't you say Bona Dervishi? I said, I'm Bona Neritani. Poi I'm Artur, I said, I'm Artur. And then we hugging, we start crying, right? So it was such a beautiful like emotion to have one of my children from Iris, right? I said, but how are you in my show? How do you know, you know, to come to my show? Who invited you? She said, well, my husband is the ambassador of Albania to the United Nations. And we received an invitation with an Albanian designer is showing. And he wow. looked at my husband and we're like, Katerina Bocci. No, I know Katerina Jole because my last name is Jole, right? Because my dad is from Montenegro, Albanian. So I know Katerina Jole, but not Bocci, but we're like, let me see. And then your picture came and I knew it was you, she said. Oh and we knew how you loved dressing. And I'm like, how did you eat it? How did you know? How did you know? So it was, it was very emotional. And then they, they were in the first row representing our country. You, you see your ambassador of your country in your first show. And I had like 27 cents left in my bank account because I had just purchased oh the building and paid my whole show. Think about that. 
but the emotions were unbelievable. And then and then Fadi Berisha came to the show and, you know, it was a bunch of Albanians got an MTV, I mean, um, fashion TV came and then did a beautiful interview on us. It was very emotional for me. And to think that I didn't even have a sponsor about that, mm. that is even more like I've done sure, something. Yeah. But I always had the fear of me, I'm going back home and I have no money left. But I always knew that God would make it work for me. So then when you did come back, right? So I came back to Michigan and the show was beautiful. People love the dresses and I'm like, okay, now. What? The store has just opened. We have a full collection. Economy had just started to hit 2007, right? Mm. And we're like, oh, what's going on? It's Tuesday night. I get a phone call from Kleinfeld Bridal of Manhattan, New York, mm. which is the biggest bridal salon in the world. They did evening wear and bridal wear. Mm-hmm. And it is their buyer. Said this is Dorothy so and so, and we heard that you had a beautiful show. And where was my show? At the Saint Regis Hotel penthouse, or like the ballroom, which is the most expensive hotel in New York City. Saint Regis Hotel. You Google, and it's like not only I did a show, but I did it at Saint Regis, not even outside in the park of you know Bryant Park, where all the shows are, which is like not even air conditioned all that. At the Saint Regis, there was like a big That's achievement so for me. So beautiful. Yeah. So she said, uh, we heard you had a beautiful collection and we would, we would love to see the collection. I said, when would you like to see it? She said, how about Saturday? And I just came back from Europe and I had no money. I said, Saturday it is. Hang up the phone with her, picked up my phone and my uncle, contacted my uncle, I said, I said, I need about $500 to fly to New York. So 500 was 500. I'll give you a thousand because I had my dad's brother here. So I took the money and I flew to New York and with my mom and which was very picky. She didn't want to eat in the streets of New York, like a burger or something. She's like, no, I'm like, okay. I didn't even have credit cards at the time because I didn't believe on them. So uh, we did the show, I mean, showed in the collection and I didn't hire a model for that. I just was wearing every dress myself. Thank God I was skinny all the time. <laughs> Showing and modeling, but I was young, 28 uh-huh. years old. Uh-huh. Wow. So they saw the collection and they loved it. And um, she said, not only I love the collection, she said, it's beautiful, but I love your personality and mm-hmm. I love you. And yeah. Mara Urschel is the owner of Kleinfeld Bridal and she's Ukrainian. So she's a um, immigrant herself. And she said, I always love strong women and I would love to give opportunity. So welcome to Kleinfeld Bridal. Wow. And I wow. have the ride. Oh my and God. And it was my first sale ever. Right? And when I received the check, I never. I never use that money. I still have my <gasps> bank account. This is Kleinfeld check. Wow. I'll never. This is my first foundation of my real business, like you know, nationwide business. No, because local customers I had, but I wanted to be like in a different mm-hmm. level. Yeah. So there was a big push and a big support from that bridal salon. Right. And then after that, I've been going and I launched bridal collection in 2010. So we celebrated um, 2009. Last year, the 10 year anniversary of Bridal Collection. And about five years ago, six years ago, I opened more doors to public. And I am enjoying that a lot more than mass production, selling to stores, because for my reasons, I get very inspired from the bride. I get very emotional attached to the garment, emotional attached to the customer. When I have the brides like that, I'm like in heaven. That makes my world because I believe we're here for a purpose Mm -hmm. and we all have our talents. God has 
sent to every single one of us our own talents. It's just a matter of praying and seeking to find our talent. Yeah, definitely. And it does seem like you tell a story with each gown that is worn by your beautiful brides who you call uh, Katerina Bochi brides. Yes. Um, so when you envision a perfect bride, what does that bride look like for you? What's the perfect bride? So the first meeting that I have the bride is the most important meeting that I have with a client because it's important for me to get to know a customer. I can see a girl and I definitely can design without just seeing, but getting to know who she is and what she wants and how she has envisioned herself because that's what's more important for her to be true to herself and me getting to know that, that's when I start my creativity and creating their dream dress because every client needs to be true to their self who they are as a style because that's going to be expressed the day of the wedding on their face in their pictures in their emotions when they are working to their uh, toward their husband toward the, the whole community at the wedding but getting to know them then checking their body checking their measurements seeing how the body is built and giving my professional ideas into the choice of texture design shape that's when it's a combination of collaboration of my work, their desire, who they are, and then bring it to life. I get inspired from every bride. So it's they are my inspiration. Yeah. The bride is my inspiration, my real customer. And that's why I didn't like working with only just always with stores because I didn't get to see the brides. Yeah. So you cannot be how to say like even as a doctor, how can you know your patient? how sick he is and what he needs if you do not get to see the fat patient, right? Yeah. Oh, just over the phone. No, it's impossible. So everything is like that. So, so getting a feel of, of the bride and then when is it, when is it like that perfect combination for you when you're like, okay, you're ready. Because you're designing individually for everyone. Oh, the bride will say what she, she says she is ready. She'll know. I, my job is introducing her, doing several fittings, trying several shapes on, showing them different fabrics, different colors, different textures. Remember, again, I speak as a Catholic and I'm not afraid of speaking my truth because my truth is my truth. I strongly believe on it and I'm not ashamed of it. I have Holy Spirit in me that directs me on every decision that is made. Every client somehow has a direction too. Some people don't know how. I say it's Holy Spirit. Some say something inner tells you and they go with that. An atheist can say like, oh, I just knew it. But how do you know? Something tells you. Again, we go to something high power that we know. So we just know. How do you know you like red? Or do you like blue? Something is directing you. Mm -hmm. So it's a moment. It's a moment right. that everybody knows. So when did you know that you were a designer? How old were you, would you say? So when you were pulled towards this direction? So I was the only child. Raised by two amazing, two of the most amazing parents that I've known in the world. That I have, like, I am everything because of my parents. Very loved, very, very loved my parents. So um, the minute that my mom would put together clothing for me, or my dad would put like a huge make outfits for me. I was raised with that because my dad made suits and coats and my mom had a sense of style when she was a perfectionist. Even here, when we do fittings on the bride, she'd be like, <laughs> So I came from those parents that they had this in their blood and I was raised in the city. So we always went to events and my parents were very outgoing and there was a concert and you'd go on a, a, a new movies coming out or new theater and a concert is coming or this, whatever was happening. I had a very active social life for my parents, female, everything. 
So there was no cancer that me and my parents didn't go to see. There was no new stuff that came out with and remember we come from the city of Vatsizeda. So Lucia, even a small city, it's a very, very active social city when it comes to uh, art and culture. And it was a very mixed city with a lot of immigrants and a lot of um, immigrants we call the ones that came from Kosovo and Malizi. We were a lot of Lucia living. And Fieri had that too. Remember yes, that? Yes. We were a lot of Kosovar. Being raised in that kind of social environment, on the Bresha Gati, I remember that to today. Mami bonda gita gati robe, edemi barfin barse. Son do veshe shkto. Babi do veshe shkto, on do veshe So I was raised with that kind. And my children grow up with the same thing from their nana. Should put things together. Tick, 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 tick. We're going to church, these are the church clothing. Or we're going to the wedding, this is where we're And everybody was perfectly put together. I had silk, silk, your polyester, silk for parsit zeis prushkol, mes yak silk to chindisor. So she had that vision in her big influence. too. Mom and so dad she, had it, my dad, like, both of them. Yeah. So I grew up with that. I knew it from the time that I wanted to do that, but I was working with um, Caritas of Albania, Catholic Church in Lushnia. And the, I was. 20 years old, only shall it work through Sepper Kishe, for a Sekishin Priftrint Italian and a Priftrint, and Morgesha Italian in Italia, who have Kisha Catholic in Lushnia, Christina, Paisa Male, Erstfemia, Ipar, Ipagzua, and Kishan Catholic in Lushnia. So name it the Meli, the Guri Kishas Catholic in Lushnia. Wow. Can we change the same Catholic in total in Lushnia? And then we built a big church. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know. We have a big church in Lushnia. Oh Beautiful. When you go, you have yes. to stop and you meet the priest and the Morgesha. I'll give you direction. They yes. tell them that told us to come here. <laughs> we would love yeah. to have you. So they asked me to go to do the class, and they were doing. They brought this fashion designer from Italy, called uh, uh, Italian nun, nun fashion designer, <laughs> and she opened That's a class so cool. with ten um, students, mm -hmm. women. And then we, and they weren't all Catholics, they were all mixed because Kisha Catholica Nuka Dalim, such fire religion, yea, put fire Jureke, Aye, Yev, Gaye Bar, and we didn't have difference. So they, in general, I was taking the class, we finished the class, and I was translating to for all the other women because they, not all of them, three of us spoke Italian, the rest didn't speak Italian. I said to the nuns, I'm like, oh my god, I love, I love the whole class. One month course, that's it. But we are like nine hours every day for 30 days non-stop. So we did a very intensive course. And out of the 10 of us, and of course I had the sewing machines at home because of my dad and all that, I had everything, right? I started making clothing for myself, from Christina. You should see my suits, my, my daughters start wearing. And then friends of mine start coming over. Oh, then a couple ladies from the bank when I go banking. Oh my God, I love your suit. I, said, I just made it. I love dressing up. And I was working as a translator for the church during the time, right? And I was just uh, studying English for my diploma in Oxford at Brandish because I have an Oxford University degree from their branch of Oxford in Tirana. So I was studying that too, so I could obtain... So for translating, for the language? For the language, oh, yes. And I started teaching English classes. Oh, very nice. So while I'm doing all this, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. So I'm creating more dresses, more dresses, more dresses. People are coming more and more. All of a sudden, with one month course, I have two ladies working for me, Roba Chepsa, wow. <laughs> within six months. 
your ideas are flowing to you, so you're just love it. you want I to produce love as much it. as possible. Okay. After three, four years, about four years after Lena and the kids are growing, the nuns called me in their uh, office and they said that you and another because they kept an eye on all these ten women. And only three of us were kind of doing something with it. The rest of us had gone, right? Mm -hmm. It's about passion. It's about how hard you want to work at it too and loving it. They said, we have chosen two of you women to go back to Italy for more education. And we're going to sponsor all your education. While you stay in Italy, you're going to stay at our house of the nuns in there. So you don't have to worry about anything to to finish more so you can get your diploma as as a silly step, like silly step. Then when you come back, our vision is to open a big school and then we'll decide one of you will be the director of the school to direct many women. So I flew to Italy, went, stayed with the nuns, went to school, back and forth, would come back to Albania, finish more color pet patterns and all that, and then go back for the tests and come back. So within a two year period, we went back and forth and back and forth until we got the diplomas. And last year, for the first time, I took my daughters mm -hmm. to go and see the nuns. Same nuns? Same, of course, the ones in, that I in lived with. In what city exactly? Passano del Grappa. Okay. Bassano, which is close to Venezia, Padova, Northern, Veneto okay. area. Mm -hmm. So I took my girls. My professor died because she was very sick, the, oh. the, the mm -hmm. stilista, Ayubo Despilata. The Gita Paratishiste Fustare, it's on in Africa, it's on in her third world country. Mm -hmm. Amazing woman. Shkwamatevari, we have pictures of all those. I had that missing. I needed to see them so bad, and it was the best thing I ever did. I'm so happy I was able to take my two girls with me. Christina couldn't because she had the baby. An amazing experience, and I owed it to them, you know. And mm -hmm. I felt like it's time for me to go and do something for them. And we did, and we're able to take gifts and money and buy them stuff and spend an amazing ten days with them, which was one of the best experience of my life with with the kids. And then, yeah, and then we back after I finished school, but we went back to Lucian, and I opened the big school in there, then I went back in Lezh, then we, we opened... Hold on one moment, you opened a school? Yes, we opened Lushnia. a school of tailoring in Lucian, and okay. then we had students, Sabash Kume at the Sura Armandel, the Pastai, Pasnivit in Lucian, Tam Kaluer in Lezh, in Lezh, we have a school at Komamet Malde, and we have a project that she raised Italian, with a hundred thousand dollar that go, which was big, I'm talking about 20 years ago. And Haber Scholar, the Trecin Studente, Chaishin Grat Portonuara, Grat Vuetra, Grat Rahura, Grat Shkatrume, people that had suffered so much in life. And then I brought them all in in the church school, which was under my name. And the Nakishan Catholic at the The school is still there, shut down, completely off. I went and visited them two years, three years ago. When did I go? When to see Padre Antonio? Five years ago. Yeah. I wanted to visit him and Padre Antonio said to me, Leuci, he said, Katerina, to say under that flat Italian? TK Eagle, Eagle somewhere? And I can run them real. They can't do anything because everything is under my name. So, when I passed the machine, I went to the microtruri, and I said, I will go and reopen that little factory. I have 35 sewing machines in their big commercial. This year, we rather met in a Shipri. Atasikish Moran Shomir as the Lege Pashpi. I opened a GoFundMe page and raised some money and sent it to them. Very cool. Prokishin, Katolikit Shonko. So it's very important for you, from what, I'm, from what we're sensing, is that it's very important for you to that you give back to the community at this point. Is this what you are? Oh, absolutely. Or has this always been a part of your, your family? Not just now. Your, your... Not just now. We have done okay. this even. My father was known as a 
Nantereza Lushnias. That's what and, I used and, to call my dad. And the torch has been passed on to you? Is this how you feel? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, as I said, we're here for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, I strongly believe that God has chosen every single one of us with a certain calling. We just have to take that calling and do something big with that, where we can touch humanity, we can touch people. Even my chance of creating dress is not a chance, it's a choice of God for me. So when I create for my brides, it's not just we leave the business side of that. I am creating, as I said, the dress of their lifetime, and I'm preparing the bride ready to go in front of God, to marry her husband, and in front of the community and family. That's very important for me. So I am touching lives. And then when we have a certain abundance that I have a calling for, they always make sure to give where it's needed and where it's... I always make sure to create a good deed, but I don't speak about them because the Bible says that when the right gives, the left shouldn't know. Beautiful. Which but there I is think... a lot of that behind, and mm -hmm. I don't like to speak about that. Right, but I think that's also uh, inspiring. I think it's important to have that transparency in order to... We did that with the GoFundMe page because we asked people for yeah. help, but the and rest the of them, I like to keep a lot of them more uh, muted because mm -hmm. I do that for me and somebody mm -hmm. out there. What advice do you have for the younger Albanian women generation that's coming up, or, or Albanians, um, or women in, in Albania, Montenegro, throughout so, the greater Albania. Be real. Mm -hmm. It's very important to me. Be who you are. Don't be scared. And do not fear of expressing who you are. Don't, do not fear how people might judge you. Do not fear of um, bringing something to life. In general, even if in our social media posting, I never post bragging about Oh my God, look at the purse that I bought. And I can't buy any purse I want. I do not brag where, how I live, what kind of cars I drive. I do not brag, you know, what kind of food I'm eating every single time I step in a restaurant. That is, to me, has no meaning. What I always try to show in our social media is our hard work, our creativity, how we make it happen for our brides. How can I inspire them by even of an expression or something that they, I can touch their life. If we want to live in a bubble fake world, we have achieved nothing. We haven't empowered ourselves or anybody else. But if we express, there is a couple pages in Facebook right now that Albanian women have created and I love them. I love them because how realistic they are. Women posting what they cooked at home. Women posting how hard of a day they had today. Women posting that they are divorced and how hard they had in society to be accepted, even though they had to go through that divorce. Or women uh, talking about how hardships they have to work two jobs to maintain their families. Or women that are talking about how hard it is for them because they work so hard and their husbands spend all their day in their coffee shops and they come home and they demand food and dinner and bills are paid from the women. I love reality things of the social life that we are living in. There is no need for us to cover up just with a beautiful fake stuff that we think they are making her happy, us happy, but it is not true. So being real and being who you are to me is very important. There is no question that Albanian women do not work hard. So I would never tell Albanian women, oh, work hard because you are cheap, because I know that they already do. Because they work triple, quadruple times with work. With, uh, at home, with children, with their husbands, with raising the families. I have no doubt in my mind that Albanian women are lazy. I'll never tell an Albanian woman work hard because they already do. That's so important. I'll never t tell them, oh, be good moms, because they're already are. They're heroes. As I said, our moms are heroes. Just be true and real to yourself and do not fear to express who you are. Simple like that. And support each other.
kind of wanted to do like a little fun ending where we just kind of ask you some random questions and you just kind of pick like whatever is your favorite just to kind of like lighten it up a little bit and make it a little fun. So we're just going to shoot some questions at you and you just pick them. Okay, so coffee turke or American coffee? Cappuccino. Cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Michigan or New York? That's a rough one, but Michigan. I love Michigan. I love New York. I love. I travel so much. I find a peace in Michigan, and Michigan was welcoming to me. So I feel like I was hired a very high-profile job for Kleinfeld Bridal after I met with the owners and all that. Right? I'm talking what 15 years ago? About 15 years when Mara yeah. Mara offered me huge. I waited everything. Waited everything. And I'm like Michigan. Yeah. It's very calm in here. Michigan is beautiful. I'm a big supporter of Michigan. Remember, I made a Michigan label and brand and all that. But I love Michigan. Favorite place to travel? New York. <laughs> Favorite European spot? Venice. 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 Oh, Venice is incredible. Oh, Vegas. Vegas. I love Vegas. Vegas. I love Vegas too. <laughs> I love traveling anywhere. Um, let's see. Who's your favorite designer? As a designer, I think he's my favorite when it comes to the design aspect of design. And that's Gian Galliano. Which, uh, which is your favorite city in Albania to like go and visit and Lushnia, vacation? <laughs> um, I like, I love Lushnia, of course, because I grew up in Lushnia and all that. But um, I don't know. I always had a, you picked a double for Shkodra. Thank you, thank you so much. And I hope that this inspires uh, many young women listening to the podcast. And um, your acts have definitely taken you to some incredible uh, places. And uh, we hope to, to see more. We're excited to, to read more. We're excited to, uh, to to find more inspiration through you. Thank you. I thank you for taking this um, um, time of your lives to create something about our Vatra, because no matter where we go, we still have our country that we love very, very much. And we still are, you know, the Albanians, no matter what. Yeah. And I would like to thank every single Albanian client and supporter in social media that always has trusted us and has given us the opportunities to create for them and grow and create their dream dress and to all the future brides to be you are more than welcome to come and see our um, house of fashion because i have always been able to accommodate every single bride even in price points even when they didn't have it i always made sure that they will walk out very happy with us in their price points um hope you guys check her out because She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. These stories and insights are for all. No matter what ethnicity or culture you come from, you can listen, enjoy, and be inspired.